0: Father God God I pray just as Melanie shared that you would help us to enter your presence this morning God that we would be able to step out of our specific situation in a specific moment of our lives and be able to have perspective
1: of you Jesus To
0: have your perspective, to see as you see, to hear your words, to change our perspectives this morning. Lord, we beg you to speak to us, we cry out for you to meet us here, for you to share with us your children. May your words would be clear to us, and Holy Spirit, that you would move us and transform us. May we worship you and fear you this morning. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So sometimes in life, we need to step back from our situation we get so focused on the moment focused on what's happening right now in this moment, in this place to me and we need to step back and get a bigger perspective step back and get a a, a greater perspective I was reading this week and this uh, applied to my life with children that as Trent says in the moment with kids you can lose your mind you can be frustrated you can feel like there's, there's no end to this in this moment, in this situation this will not change they, they are a mess and they're going to be a mess but if you can step back from the situation for just a moment, just to get a glimpse of the future and to realize that the sacrifice as a parent that you're making now is for their independence and for their good later. And that we would continue on and continue on and continue on, despite the moment, despite the difficulty, giving of ourselves for them, for their own freedom, for their own independence that these little people under our responsibility
1: people
0: would actually grow up one day and it's hard to have that perspective it's hard to step back and get perspective in the middle of the situation we get too focused in, too zoomed in
1: on our situation
0: and so what I want to do is show you guys an example of this I'm going to give you a picture up on the screen the first picture I want you to tell me if you identify what this is what is that any ideas
1: that's color Man dice
0: wood wood cactus that's hair a
1: cactus oh, hair dice que es pelo freeway
0: a tire a freeway
1: me yanta una carretera anybody anyone huh ah el piso el
0: suelo A floor anybody you guys are way off. Okay, so now what we're going to do, we've been zoomed in on this thing. I want us to actually take a step back for perspective. So one step back. What is this? What? A leaf? Mark says a book.
1: a book. A painting? Una
0: Nobody feels confident? No. Alright, let's take another step Ahí, back.
1: Otro paso atrás.
0: Oh, oh. Marco. <laughs> <laughs> what do you what do you guys think? Pride comes before the fall, Marco. Pride comes before the fall. <laughs> Uh, all those things? It's, it's the book, it's the Bible. Okay, one step back further. Ah, it is a book, and it's the book of Jonah. But then, if we take even a step back from Jonah, what do we see? The Bible. All right. It's not just a book.
1: Mark, Mark was partially right but
0: it's actually God's word it's actually the Bible it's the it's entirety of scripture but we have to take steps back
1: go back to the first
0: picture please Rebecca if we're that close no one had any idea right? we have to step back and get a bigger and greater perspective. Alright, so that's what I hope that we can do this morning is to actually take a step back
1: from the
0: story of Jonah and get a bigger, a greater perspective on this story and even on Jonah himself. So we've been repeatedly, and I think appropriately, uh, attempting to see ourselves
1: in the story
0: of Jonah. That we've seen ourselves in his running from God. We've seen ourselves in his hiding from God. We've seen ourselves in his hypocrisy of what he claims and what he actually lives out. We've seen ourselves in his resistance to return to God and be obedient. And we've seen ourselves in a refusal, in his refusal to cry out to God, to beg God, to come before God. But we know That this story, and we know that all of God's Word, points forward to Jesus.
1: Uh, The point
0: of this story, the bigger picture, the greater perspective, as we see God's story in His Word, is Jesus. And the story of Jonah is no different. And so what I want us to do this morning is to step back from ourselves and actually get a greater perspective. Perspective as we seek to see not just ourselves but also clearly see Jesus, that we would see Jesus in the story of Jonah and even Jesus in Jonah himself. Everybody with me? We're stepping back. We need to get perspective again, because sometimes we can get so into the story, so into what's happening here, that we forget what this means, big picture. And so we're going to do one verse in Jonah, we'll finish chapter 1 today, Uh, we'll cover Jonah 1, verse 17, but we're going to look at a couple of passages actually from the Gospels to get perspective on Jonah.
1: Jonah.
0: So, I want us to start and see some connections, some comparisons with the story of Jonah as we look at the Gospels, as we look at the life of Jesus. So, I want to read Mark 4. You can turn to Mark 4 in your Bibles or you can follow along on the screen. But I'm going to read through this and just give some, some commentary so that we recognize the, the similarities and the comparisons with Jonah. So if we look to verse 35 of Mark chapter 4, with Jonah in mind, now we're looking at Jesus, the life of Jesus.
1: It
0: says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake verse 36 so they Jesus and his disciples they took Jesus in the boat and started out leaving the crowds behind although other boats followed Jesus and his disciples are in a boat on the water Jonah with the non-religious sailors, is on a boat in the water. Different situations, but there's some similarities. Now look at verse 37. But soon... A fierce storm came up. Again, this is indicating a supernatural storm. A storm that makes no sense. Came up on the water. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus and the disciples out on the water in a boat together experience this supernatural vicious storm. Jonah in a boat on the water with the non religious sailors experiences a supernatural
1: storm, vicious storm.
0: And continuing in verse 37. I'm sorry. I just finished verse 37. If you look back at verse 37, as the the waves are coming and breaking into the boat, it's beginning to fill with water. What is their situation? What's the disciples' situation? Their lives are in danger. In the boat with Jesus, the storm has come. Their lives are in danger. Similar to,
1: right, Jonah and
0: these non-religious sailors, their lives were in danger. The sailors were fearful. They feared for their lives as this storm came. Now look at verse 38. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Jonah was sleeping where? Down in the bottom of the boat. He was hiding. He was down below, right? Sleeping. To see the similarities. The disciples woke him up continuing in verse 38 shouting teacher don't you care that we're going to drown The disciples go like wake up Jesus you're sleeping we're in the middle of this terrible storm wake up and help us the sailors, the non-religious sailors on top of the ship, send the captain down to go wake up Jonah and say, get up, pray to your God, help us. Maybe your God will hear us and notice us and save us.
1: Just see the similarities. In verse 39.
0: 39. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence,
1: be still.
0: Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. And Jesus wakes up. Jesus addresses the storm. Jesus speaks to the storm. And the storm silences. The storm calms. Now Jonah did not do that. Jonah refused to cry out to God. Right? But once Jonah is finally thrown over, then what happens? The storm calms. It becomes silent.
1: Verse
0: 40. Then Jesus, he asked them, the disciples, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Verse 41, the disciples were absolutely
1: terrified.
0: The disciples were absolutely terrified. They were in the situation in the middle of the storm. They feared for their lives. At the end, when the storm comes to a calm, not in the middle of the storm, but just like the storm was calm for the non-religious sailors, and it became silent and still, that's when the sailors became most terrified. And here, the disciples, the storm has
1: stopped. And they are terrified.
0: Absolutely Terrified. Their fear increased when the storm stopped.
1: Just like the fear
0: of the non religious sailors. And they say, Who is this man?
1: They ask each other
0: even the wind and the waves obey him. They were amazed. They were terrified at his authority, at his place, that he had authority over the dry land and the sea. He had authority over the wind and the storm. And they were terrified. They were in awe of. They were awestruck
1: before Jesus.
0: I don't think all of that is a coincidence. There are comparisons, there are connections with the story of Jonah and Jesus as we take a step back. Uh, As we read the story of Jonah, then we can later see similarities even in the life of Jesus and what he is doing and how he was sent. And so I want us just to ask
1: ourselves
0: if we appreciate and value God's word, and to look at this this story, this complete whole story that God is telling from Jonah, and we just jump to the Gospels, and we can see the similarities, and we can see that Jesus is not Jonah. Jesus is a greater Jonah. Jesus spoke, and the waters were still. The waters were calm.
1: He had authority
0: over it. Jesus was woken up and he responded. Jonah was woken up and he continued to resist. Jesus is the ultimate Jonah. As God sent Jonah to the Ninevites, Jesus has come to us and he did not resist, he did not refuse, he did not come up with an alternate plan. As we talked about last week, he responded to God in
1: obedience.
0: And look at how we can see Jesus now, in the book of Jonah, as we take a step back, this is where Jonah is moving to, this is where Jonah is pointing. We should be amazed by Jesus. Just just for a second, okay? Just for a second, understand the distance between these two stories and how God has brought them together and how Jesus is seen in this Old Testament story about a hypocritical prophet. And yet we can see the connection to Jesus. That should excite us. That should encourage us. That should, in a way, overwhelm us. That should terrify us. Look at the authority that God has. It should increase our faith. That we would be willing to submit
1: and to respond.
0: And as Jonah did not do, to repent, to turn, to return to God not run from Him. The sailors were able to experience and understand God
1: through Jonah. He was pointing
0: towards Forward to Jesus. But I would say as we get a bigger perspective, the disciples they were in an advantaged position compared to the sailors, because the sailors were just looking forward or just they saw this image of Jesus, this picture of Jesus far off. Here are the disciples right before Jesus in the presence of Jesus they had a bigger perspective a better perspective of God's story they could see the entirety of God's story the the creation and God uh, loving on Israel and working with Israel and Jesus coming and now Jesus was before them they had a bigger perspective than those sailors did with Jonah and so I want us to consider
1: this perspective.
0: It's a greater perspective of Jesus. It's a bigger perspective of Jesus. And so I want to look in another place in the Gospels. And it's a direct reference to Jonah. So if you look up Jonah, Jonah is only referred to in the book of Jonah, and the story of Jonah. Once in the Old Testament and Second Kings, it's a historical reference to Jonah. And then the other times are in the Gospels when Jesus himself directly refers to Jonah. Jonah's not mentioned anywhere else. Those are the three places. And so I want us to look in Matthew 12 where Jesus references Jonah. We're going to read that as a whole. Matthew 12, verse
1: 38 through
0: 40. Everybody with me? We're looking for Jesus. Okay? In the story of Jonah and in Jonah in english verse 38 one day some teachers of religious law and pharisees came to jesus and said teacher we want you to show us a miraculous sign to prove your authority but jesus replied only an evil adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign but the only sign i will give them is a sign of the prophet jonah For as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights." So, these are teachers and Pharisees. They had a perspective of God's story.
1: And they're before
0: Jesus. And they say to Jesus, basically, show us a sign. Prove your authority to us. Prove that you are who you say you are. Prove that we should worship you, that we should humble ourselves before you, that you're the king, that you're the son of God. Prove it. And Jesus responds, what kind of evil people would demand this from me? And so he says, I'll give you the sign of Jonah. And he refers back to Jonah chapter 1 verse
1: 17.
0: It says, Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. This is what you guys thought the entire story of Jonah was about
1: and I just want you to
0: realize that we've gone through five, four, five messages okay? and we have not mentioned a fish and by the beginning of next time that I preach we'll be done with the fish the fish is only here in like three verses and it's over, it's done it's not the main point of Jonah okay but we're finally to the fish Instead of looking at the fish, I want us to step back
1: and see Jesus.
0: What appears to be a certain death sent by God to Jonah is actually provision. It's actually God's amazing grace. Jonah being swallowed by a great fish
1: was not tragic. It was
0: not a certain death. It was God's grace. God continuing to pursue Jonah. Right? God was pursuing Jonah. Jonah ran away from God in the opposite direction in disobedience from God and sin on his way, leaving God, going to Tarshish on a boat instead of to Nineveh by land. And God sends and pursues him with a storm, a storm of grace. I'm coming for you, Jonah, not to punish you. I'm coming for you. you. I desire you. I want you. I'm after you. I'm pursuing you in grace. And then remember last week from the ship, Jonah says, throw me over. I'm not going to return. I'm not going to go back to the land. I'm not going to go to Nineveh like God asked me to do I'm not going to repent but throw me in the sea and I'll die I'd rather die than go to Nineveh
1: and God
0: continues to pursue Jonah in grace it says in verse 17 that he was swallowed up that the Lord arranged a great fish to swallow Jonah he pursued him with a storm now he's going to grab him capture him with a great fish it's grace. It's God pursuing Jonah in grace. And Jesus is saying, in the same way that that looked like certain death for Jonah but that looked like it was over for Jonah I'm gonna give you the sign of Jonah and I'm gonna be in the belly of the earth for three days I'm gonna die it's gonna be real death but yet I'm going to
1: have victory
0: over that death I'm gonna be resurrected I'm gonna return He is greater than Jonah. That was a sign of God's grace pursuing Jonah. And this cross that I'm going to die on and the resurrection that is going to happen is a sign of God's grace. This pursuing grace that He's after us, that He has come for us, that He's lived amongst us, that He has died for us, and He has resurrected for us, and He's pursuing us.
1: That's the sign of Jonah. God
0: is after us in grace. And Jesus is like, I'm coming after you in grace, like with grace that you've never experienced, you've never seen, you've never even thought about what's about to occur. And now look at verse
1: 41.
0: It says, The people of Nineveh will stand up against this generation on judgment day and condemn it for they repented of their sins at the preaching of Jonah now someone greater than Jonah is here but you refuse to repent Jesus is standing before these teachers of the law these religious hyper super religious leaders
1: and he is pointing out to them, just like we
0: saw last week in Jonah, the irony in this situation.
1: Okay? That,
0: that, that what you would expect is. is is the exact opposite of what's happening. The reality is not what we'd expect. He's saying that these Ninevites, the the, the worst, most non-religious, vicious people, they repented. The Ninevites repented. They turned to God and away from themselves at the pathetic preaching of Jonah. When we get to it later, Jonah, his sermon was like six words and the Ninevites repent
1: and, and Jesus saying you this, this
0: makes no sense this is upside down I'm standing before you the religious leaders you should know this stuff and yet the Ninevites when they heard a pathetic sermon from Jonah this hypocritical prophet this foolish prophet this resistant prophet
1: Pero se arrepintieron, cambiaron su modo
0: de vida. The nasty, unrighteous, Esos irreligious Ninevites. repented. But here I am. Jesus is telling them, I'm in front of you. I'm right before you. You religious leaders. And you won't repent. I'm someone greater than Jonah. I am God in the flesh. I am Jesus Christ. I've come to earth and I am before you, okay? I'm greater than Jonah and you won't repent. Those Ninevites repented and you won't repent. How ironic. And so like Jonah these religious leaders, these religious people refuse to humble themselves and submit to God's word and return to him as he pursued them in grace And he says ultimately, You're going to be condemned. The Pharisees were in an advantaged place. Their perspective, as they looked back at the story of God, as they looked straight in front of them at Jesus before them, they were in an advantaged place. Their perspective was great. But I don't think it's the disciples as we looked in Mark 4 I don't think it's the Pharisees here in Matthew 12 who were actually In the place with the most advantageous perspective. They didn't have the greatest or the biggest perspective. Those that have the greatest and the biggest perspective. That have stepped back and have stepped back. And can see the whole of God's story. And can see Jesus coming and living and dying. And resurrecting and sending His Spirit that lives in us. We have that entire perspective of what God is doing. We, the church, we have the greatest perspective. The most advantaged place to look at this and to see Jonah and see Jesus and respond and repent. What more could we ask for? God has shown us the wholeness, the fullness of His story. We can see Jesus. That's where we are. That's our incredible position
1: de ventaja, de prestigio porque podemos ver hacia tras a ver a Jesús, a Jonás todas las historias
0: Time to see ourselves again.
1: And
0: en this place of privilege y
1: lugar and
0: great perspective
1: de y de gran
0: will we also
1: donde
0: even vivir, more ironically
1: más aún,
0: refuse to repent. Refuse to return to God. Refuse to obey God and pursue Him as He has pursued us in grace. We submit to His authority. Humbly. Follow Jesus. Giving our lives.
1: So step back
0: from your life. Step back from this moment. Step back from whatever storm. Step back from this fish that has swallowed you. Whatever it is. And God is pursuing you in grace. How will you respond? And you might be like, Well, I repented back in 19-whatever-whatever. We need to continue to repent. Okay, If we're going to continue to follow Jesus, then we continue to repent, okay? You start by repenting and you begin this life of faith. But you have to continue. God, I've stepped back. i pulled away. I'm running from you. I'm going to return. Daily, moment by moment. Let me turn back to you. Let me come back to you. I want that perspective. Not what's going on right now in this moment, in this situation, with my kids, with my job, with my difficulty, and my manager, with whatever the situation at work let me step back and let me see the bigger perspective and let me trust you and follow you and return to you we have an incredible perspective but we spend our lives like this Focused on what is right here in front of us. Mostly us, me, myself, my life, my situation. That's all I can look at. That's all that keeps my attention. I can't see past it and I can't even see it clearly until I step back and I get perspective and I put it in the perspective of the gospel. We have to step back. God wants us to repent. God wants us to return to him. He's come pursuing us with grace. That's the good news. That's the gospel. If we can get that picture of Jesus, that perspective of Jesus, that would motivate us to return. In sin, we have run further away from God than we can ever understand. And at every moment, we we, we desire to turn, we desire to move away. We're, we're, We're tempted to do that. But in grace, God has pursued us and loved us in a way that is far beyond anything we could ever dreamed of. He pursues us like we can't imagine. And that's good news. God is pursuing me. God is pursuing you in mercy and in grace. But that's not just a fact to know. That's not just theology to hold in your head this truth. It's a truth that you must remember, you must experience, and you must respond to that truth with your life. And so somehow, as, as I preach, everything starts to connect with everything that I read, everything that I do. You start to read God's Word. You start to study God's Word. You start to come before it. And it just starts connecting to everything in your life.
1: God is speaking.
0: To us when we come to Him. And I heard this song that I have heard I don't know how many times. I remember the first time I heard it. I remember the first time I heard it in church and where I was. And I've heard it repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. But it's a David Crowder song. It says, Oh, how he loves us. And I heard this song. I was like, Whoa. I've got a new perspective on this song. As I looked at it, it starts off with, He is jealous for me. God is pursuing me. He is after me. He wants me. He wants us, right? He is jealous for me. And it says, Loves like a hurricane. He's pursuing me. He's jealous for me. He loves me like a hurricane, this storm that is after me.
1: I'm
0: like, Man, who, who wrote this song? And were they reading Jonah? I don't know. And then it says, I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. That's what we've been talking about. God is after Jonah with this storm, and he refuses,
1: he resists,
0: he won't repent. And this is saying, He's after me like a hurricane. He loves me. I've got to see it as love. And if I see it as love, then I'll bend over in humility like a tree before this storm of love that's after me. And I would not run from it, but I would actually turn towards it and I would find peace and calm. And then as it continues,
1: His grace
0: His grace was an ocean. We're all sinking. We just need to jump in. God will swallow us up with His grace. He's pursuing us. He's after us but we need perspective. Una we need to step back
1: dar pasos atrás en and to
0: see Jesus.
1: Para ver a Jesús.
0: And so that's what I want us to do this morning, es, is, is we
1: to, we take this we we to, to
0: take this opportunity to take communion,
1: take communion and, to
0: and to respond to his mercy and grace,
1: to, and grace. Uh, to
0: bend before His mercy and grace. that as we approach the table, as we approach the bread and the wine, as we approach His body broken for us and His blood that represents this new promise, this new covenant He's making to us, that we would come that we would return, that we would repent. Some of us, it might be, I've never repented before and I need to now actually come and repent. I have been running and running and running and I need to respond to the storm of God's grace and love that is after me for others of us as I said this is what a life following Jesus looks like to come back to him 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 him. that's why we do this over and over right we need to remind ourselves and re uh, get a new perspective right to reorient ourselves to refocus ourselves not on me not on my life but on Jesus and the life that he has given for me and for us as we repent as we return as we follow Jesus there is no condemnation there is no condemnation now and there will be no condemnation ever as we repent as we return and as we follow so I want I'm going to invite you uh, to come to the table to, to take up communion while we do that uh, we're actually going to play um, how he loves us
1: in the background
0: uh, with the words so that you can reflect and so I just invite you to come up to take for yourself uh, break off the bread and to take a cup with you. When the song is over, then we'll all take that together. But I want you, with the bread, with the cup,
1: um, to
0: come, to pursue, to return to Him in, in, a, in a position of humility, in a position of repentance. And then together, we would take of the cup, we would take of the bread, and God would give us a perspective. We would look at Jesus.